Welcome to the Beyond Sugar Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Danielle Dame, holistic nutrition coach and speaker. Together, we'll be diving into much more than just another conversation around sugar addiction and nutrition. But more importantly, I'll be guiding you through the inner work and spiritual healing that lies at the root of your unhealthy habits with food. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode here on the Beyond Sugar Freedom podcast. I'm so excited for today's episode and for our guests that we have today really helping us dive into this topic of stress. And before I introduce Trudy and before I share with you, you know, what you can expect in today's episode, as usual, I have a little weekly insight that I want to share with you, a little update. Obviously, there's so many updates um, going on. Actually, as I speak right now, recording this, there is a very cute little kitten cuddled up on my laptop at the moment. (laughs) So hopefully uh, all goes well and he doesn't knock over my microphone or something. Um, So if you've been following along, you know that we've been fostering these three little kittens. Uh, We're not keeping them, so don't get too excited. But it's been a really fun piece of joy just to have in our home again and to play and to, you know, have some of that feline energy back into our hearts and and our lives as we continue to grieve the loss of moose. So what I wanted to share today, now he's now he's cuddling, um, is really ties into this conversation that I had with Trudy it, around stress and this this truth that, and some of you may not want to hear this, and some of you might disagree with me, but stress is a choice. I'm going to say this boldly because stress is a choice. And oftentimes it doesn't feel like it. We're in a stressful situation or someone does something to us or we have a horrible day at work or there's just too much on our plate. But all of these things, when we actually dig down into it, are choices. We've chosen to work at the job that we work at. We've chosen to take on more projects than we can handle. We have chosen our life. Oftentimes it doesn't feel like it, but we have. We play a role in really you know, inviting in everything into our life, our relationships, our work, our, you know, current situations, our relationships with food, all of these are an actual choice. And the thing is, it feels like we have become out of control, right? We feel like a lot of this is out of our control when in fact it's not. And yes, okay, of course, there are things in life that are out of our control. How other people behave, how, what the government does, you know, all these bigger things, of course, are out of our control. But how we choose to handle and the stories we choose to tell ourselves and the emotions we choose to feel because of those external factors or those situations that show up are a choice. So we have a lot more control and a lot more choice in our life and in our stress response than we have been led to believe. And I guarantee if you start actually feeling into and thinking about and starting to analyze the stress in your life, you're going to start to notice that as well. Like, where is this, um, you know, something that I can actually make a different choice around? I can choose a different thought. I can choose a different emotion. I can choose a different job or relationship or friendship. And those are big changes to make, but they are choices that you can make. And you do have the freedom to make that, even though sometimes it doesn't feel like it. You can. I know you can because I've made those choices in my life, quitting my job, you know, shifting friendships. I know how hard it is, but it is a choice. So when I say that stress is a choice, I mean that a lot of the situations in our life are controllable and how we react to them are controllable. And we talk more about this in today's episode with Trudy. So let me introduce 
our guest today. Trudy Stone is a certified culinary nutritionist, founder of Trudy Stone Nutrition, podcast host, and TV guest wellness expert who educates people about nutrition solutions for managing stress and anxiety. She's also the host of the Mind Your Body podcast. From healthy habits to brain health, Trudy is passionate about empowering people to build healthier habits and unlock the power of food to build a strong and vibrant brain and body. Trudy is also the creator of the RISE Method, a step-by-step framework to help people to overcome stress, overwhelm, and fatigue. So in today's episode, this is such a juicy one. We haven't talked about stress here yet on the podcast, and I'm so excited to have Trudy here sharing her view on how we can actually turn stress into our superpower. She has a really different way of actually looking at stress. And oftentimes we sit in our everyday lives thinking that stress is just a byproduct of everything outside of ourselves. The world hates me and, you know, it's everybody else's fault that I feel this way and I'm dealing with stress. But we can actually, Trudy explains this in such a beautiful way, really actually use stress as a tool to uh, really grow and learn and discover what actually needs to shift in our life and to adjust to be in more alignment with our life and therefore be happier, be healthier and and all of these, these beautiful things that we want in our life. We also talk about in this episode, obviously, how stress affects our health, our physical health, our mental health, every area of our health. Trudy shares with us her her rise method for turning stress into your superpower. We also have some real and raw conversations about managing stress and and our health and our eating habits during the pandemic and during this really heightened stressful time that we've all just been through. We talk about so much more on this episode. So without further ado, let's go ahead and play that interview for you right now. I hope you love it as much as I loved chatting with Trudy. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode here on the Beyond Sugar Freedom podcast. I'm so excited about our guest today and the conversation that we're going to be having. So welcome to the show, Trudy. It's so great to have you here. Thanks for having me, Danielle. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, and I'm I'm so excited to have you, you know, share your views. And obviously, you can tell by the title of this podcast, we're talking about stress. And, um, you know, I know you have your own story with stress. We all have our own story with stress. So let's let's start off for people who who don't know who you are yet. You know, can you share with us a little bit about your story, not just with stress, but maybe with health and and what got you into doing the amazing work that you're doing today? Yeah. Well, first of all, my journey is still ongoing because <laughs> nobody's going to be free of stress, but we're going to be talking about that a little bit later. But in terms of how I got my start, you know, like a lot of wellness professionals, it just came with my own journey and, you know, things that I did to improve my own health. So going back, like I would say eight years ago now, I got engaged to this wonderful man and, you know, had this vision of what I look like walking down the aisle. And then I realized, you know what, before I say yes to this dress, I think I might want to lose a few pounds like most brides do before the wedding day. Right. Um, so the thing is like most women, I've had a complicated relationship with dieting, like, you know, losing weight, gaining it back, losing it, gaining it back. And we're always losing it for a special occasion. Right. So in this particular time, when I got married or when I was engaged, I said to myself, you know what? Like, yes, I might want to lose some weight, but I want to lose it in a way this time that is sustainable. I don't want to gain the weight back. I don't want to do another fad diet where I'm starving myself. So what's working out there in terms of weight loss? So I started doing a lot of research, looking at a lot of different medical studies, and I started to apply what I was learning on myself. 
And then a funny thing started to happen that I didn't expect. I actually started to lose weight and it was a lot easier than it had been in the past. But what was really different this time around, Danielle, was that I actually created healthy habits. And like I said before, it was always, you know, just doing this fad diet after the next. And this time, was it slower for me to lose weight? Yes, it absolutely was. But it was worth it because I built healthy habits in, you know, in the, in the meantime, I developed a healthier relationship with myself and I was able to actually keep that weight off for eight years until the pandemic. <laughs> okay, then what happened, Trudy? What happened? Tell us what happened there. Well, you know, the pandemic, like most people, right, we're sitting down all day. We're not walking around as much. I'm not walking around, going to different meetings. You know, I'm sitting there. Everybody's like, you know, in this uncertainty. So, of course, I turned to food to soothe. Of course, I felt, you know, emotions of anxiety and stress during the pandemic. And I turned to food like most people. And I ended up, you know, putting some of the weight back on. Not all of it, but, you know, definitely putting some of the weight back on. And you know what? That is okay. And I'm happy with that. And I'm not going to be on another journey to lose weight, FYI. Because I'm happy with how I look and I'm happy with how I feel, most importantly. So that's my journey with how I got into nutrition. But in terms of stress, it was a little bit of a, a different situation. So in terms of stress specifically, I used to work in the corporate world. Um, I worked in the corporate world for many, many years. And at that time, um, I had a boss that just really wasn't always satisfied with my work. And although everybody else on the team was happy with my work, and we had like 50 people on this team, Danielle, although everybody else on this team was happy with my work, she just always provided me with criticism. And, you know, one day, like I, you know, I went to the bathroom after getting more criticism from her, I went to the bathroom, the bathroom stalls, like the place where I go to kind of think <laughs> yeah, <safe laughs> like place. a lot of people do. Right. Yeah. I'm in the bathroom stall and you know, I'm getting frustrated. And I said, you know what, Trudy, we are not going to get frustrated. We are not going to get anxious about this. We're going to get out of the bathroom stall. We're going to go for a walk. So I went for a walk that day. And I remember that day really well, um, you know, went for a walk and I started thinking about the situation that I was in. And I said to myself, you know what, I am not going to let this person, you know, per, like put a, a, I guess, a value on my worth, right? And I saw this situation as a blessing, right? Before I'd always seen it as, you know, something that was upsetting or something that was discouraging. But in this particular time, I actually saw this as a blessing because it started to make me realize where I needed to redesign my life and knowing that my skills go with me rather than, you know, staying with this particular role, right? So long story short, I ended up, you know, quitting that job that ultimately led to what I do today. But in that situation, I realized that stress didn't have to have a hold on me. It was all about my perception and reframing my thoughts and seeing this as a situation that was happening, you know, for me rather than to me. So I know that's yeah. a lot. <laughs> wow. But that's so powerful. And I think a lot of people listening can relate to that story. I know as you started sharing that, I have a very similar story when I worked in corporate um, and just was miserable. And, you know, I got to my wits end and quit as well. And I was like, there has to be more to life. And that's when I, I really started my mindset journey and my healing journey and my, you know, shifting into these, these ways. And, and I really... You know, I love that reminder, and I think that's really important for everybody listening, right? This this choice that we have in any given moment to how we see a situation, right? Because we yes. go through our days being constantly triggered. People are yes. triggering us. Situations are triggering us. Somebody in traffic is triggering us. And we have more control than we think over, like, our emotional response and over our mental response and the story we tell ourselves about that situation. And how that actually changes how we show up and our ability to be happy in those moments. Not always, obviously we're still going to deal with, you know, shitty people and yep. <laughs> like things that upset us, yep. but you know, having that control is really, you know, part of stepping into our power. And, you know, I, 
I think we both do a lot of work in helping helping people around, you know, not turning to food in those situations and right. being able to, you know, cope in a different way and manage and support in a different way. So, yeah, I I, I really resonate with with your story in that, and um, good for you making that change. I know it's scary, and I know that you know sometimes we do have to make those shifts in our life to live more in alignment and and really honor what we want, right, and what 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 we're worth. Right. I don't deserve totally. to be treated this way. Right. I don't totally. deserve to be talked down to or disrespected or, you know, and taking a stand in that is terrifying and also right. so empowering. Right. And, you know, and here's the thing, and I don't know what I've ever shared, shared like the end of that story. I think it was probably the yeah. first time I'm sharing this. But, you know, when I did resign from that job, that person did have a conversation with me and she said, you know what, Trudy, I realized I was really unfair to you. And I was wow. projecting a lot of what I was going through in my life on you. And I'm sorry for that. So she did actually apologize for that. I'm not going to say where I was working or who that was, because no. I know no. sometimes with my past employers here, they're like, was that me? But, you know, she did apologize. And, you know, that's not always easy to apologize and to admit, to admit that you're wrong. But I just want to go back to what you said, Danielle. And you, you mentioned very, you know, two very important words. And that was control and choice. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I think a lot of times in life we give our control and we give our power to somebody else. Right. Yeah. And like you said, we always have a choice. Right. And I also think we need to hold more compassion for ourselves and forgive ourselves in that moment. So if you are in a situation where you feel like you've given up your control or your power to somebody else, you always, always have the option of choosing again, choosing your thoughts again, choosing how you're going to react to that situation again. Yeah. Yeah. That's so beautifully said. You know, this is, this is really that big shift. And I've talked about this before on the podcast, sh shifting from victim mentality, right? From yes. woe is me, the world is miserable and it's everybody else's fault and not mine. Right. Yes. And yes, there's things that are out of our control, but a lot of it more than we even think, right. Is actually in our control and how we show yes. how we respond um, how we set boundaries, how we stand up for ourselves, how we navigate and communicate and, and think, obviously, you know, with and, and this being such a source of stress. Right. I'm, I'm loving where this conversation is going because, you know, it's it's stress is is self-induced most of the time. Right. Like this is yes. all like our thoughts about, oh, this certain thing happened. Now the whole world is going to end and I'm going to die and nobody's going to love me. Right. We go to these places that just cause that nervous system activation and that stress in our body. Um, so it's it's really, really neat when people out there and I'd be curious about your thoughts on this. You know, there's there's such a this conversation around stress that happens like out there in the health world. And I see this in magazines and books. Right. Is it's really about how to, quote unquote, like manage stress, like how to or how to minimize stress. Right. And, and I don't know if that's really necessarily the approach. Like, you know, stress is not going away. We can't just get rid of stress in our life. But how do we actually learn to live with it. And I think this is where you, you know, you are really stepping into with, with the message that you have. And I really love, um, and, and let's, let's go here. Cause I want to dive into this. I love on your website, right? You asked this question, what if stress was the best thing that ever happened to you? And I love that. Cause it really made me stop and I was like, wait a second. I love that view, right? This is really stepping into the empowerment of what if this was a gift and there was a lesson and there was an opportunity in this, in this stress. So you talk a lot about turning stress into your superpower and all of these pieces. So can you share a little bit more about what that means and, and how you really see stress in our society and, and see us being able to work with it? 
Yeah, you know, and that question on that website, thank you for mentioning that, Danielle. You know, that was actually one of the questions that I asked myself, like during a stressful time, you know, and I think when we get in these situations in life where it's challenging or when it's stressful, like sometimes we just need to stop and just ask ourselves some empowering questions. Because when you ask yourself questions, now your brain starts to go into solution mode, right? And I think a lot of us are just kind of coasting through and we're just like, you know what, this is the way that it is. This is the way that my life is. My life is stressed out. I just got to deal with it, right? And this is where the RISE framework that I developed comes in because, you know, what I want people to understand is this, like nobody is going to be completely free of stress. I'm not even completely free of stress as a stress expert, but you can master the way that you react to it and rise above it so that it no longer has this immense sense of control over you. So that's why I developed the RISE framework. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I, everybody listening, I hope that you're really soaking this in because this is such a big point that Trudy is speaking to, right? And in no longer being at the mercy of this, the world that we live in isn't going to get any less stressful. I mean, we learned right. that over the last two years, right? There's going to be right. more, right. right? And there's going to be more challenges. And this is part of our human experience, right? The more we can accept that and learn to to navigate that, um, I think the happier we can all be, right? And the less we're going to stress eat, the less we're going to turn to food, right? When we know how to, um, how to really support ourselves through this. So you have this amazing method, Trudy. Will you share with us a bit more about what, what is this RISE method and how do we actually apply it to our lives? Yeah. So the R stands for rumination. So rumination is, you know, when you tend to dwell on a situation that you find distressing or upsetting, or when you replay, you know, a problem over and over and over again in your mind, right? We've all done that. I even do that, right? So that could be like, maybe you had a discussion with a coworker. Maybe you said something that you felt you shouldn't have said, and that conversation didn't go as well as you hoped it would. But now you spend the rest of your day replaying that over and over again. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. What I should have said was this. Oh my God, what's this person going to think of me? Am I going to lose my job? Like you, you go down this rabbit hole of all these what ifs and all these negative thoughts. But when you do that, what you're actually doing is you're training your emotional brain. Right. And I also call this your inner mean girl. So when you continue to dwell on those negative thoughts, you train that emotional part of your brain to become even more powerful. And this means that you're probably going to be much more likely to spend time ruminating in the future. And that's going to make you feel more stressed and that's going to make you feel more anxious. So, you know, stress really is an energy form. Right. So I say, you know, let the energy of stress be that thing that drives you towards where it is that you want to go. So don't use that energy of stress to worry about all the things that aren't going right or, you know, all the things that you don't want in your life because you're just going to go deeper and deeper into that hole. And again, you're going to train your emotional brain to become stronger. It's just like when you're driving down the road and you see that pothole, you're like, oh, crap, I don't want to end up in the pothole. And before you can even say the word pothole, you're in it. Right. Yeah. Instead, you want to divide your attention away from that pothole. Right. So, you know, again, you want to redirect that stress, you know, that power and just turn it into a superpower to essentially point you, you know, into the direction of, of the life that you want to go into. Right. So, again, like stress doesn't always have to be a bad thing. Like I really want to encourage people to, to use stress as an invitation. Right. Use it as an invitation to understand areas of your life where you might need to redesign your life. And, you know, with me, like during the pandemic, this happened, you know, last year, but I was just taking on so many different roles in my business and doing so many different things and being the jack of all trades. And I felt myself approaching burnout, right? And I stopped and I said, okay, Trudy, let's just stop everything we're doing right now. 
and start asking ourselves some questions like, how is it that you feel? How do you want to feel? What are some things that you can do in your life to, you know, start to minimize the stress? So the first thing I did was, and this is hard for me as a workaholic, I took a complete break from my business for a month. Ooh, because that's hard. I can relate. Hard, oh, that's hard. Right? A month. That's hard for wow. me. Yeah. So I did that because I really needed to spend some time to go within and just, like I said, start to ask myself some questions so I could start to redesign my life so that I was no longer in that situation. Right. Um, you know, some of the things I came up with is, hey, hiring a virtual assistant. Like that was thing number one, releasing that control that I had right over everything. And, you know, having that desire to touch all things in my business and hiring a virtual assistant to help me do those things in my business so that I'm not stuck doing those, you know, those small tasks. And I can focus more on the bigger picture and on the bigger vision. And luckily that worked out quite well. She's an amazing assistant. So I'm, I'm very happy for that. But Again, the, you know, the key takeaway here is to look at that stress as an invitation to where you need to redesign your life. But I get it. Sometimes when you're in the moment, you're like, okay, I'm in the moment. I'm stressed out right now. What can I do right now in this moment? And the easiest thing that you can do that's available to everybody and is completely free is just to breathe, yeah. right? So I have this method called catch, release, replace. I don't know if you've heard of this before. No. But you know, you just stop where you are. Hopefully you're not driving <laughs> when you're doing this. Don't do this if you're driving, but you know, you just want to take a few deep breaths. So on the first deep breath in, you really just want to catch that negative thought that you have that just keeps replaying over and over and over again in your mind, right? The thing that's stressing you out or making you feel overwhelmed and just say to yourself, that's an interesting thought. Okay. And then you exhale. And then on the second breath in, you want to thank your brain for trying to protect you. And I usually just say, you know, thank you for sharing, right? Because your brain is just trying to protect you. It's just doing what it's designed to do. And I also like to picture that negative thought, just like a cloud in the sky, right? Like those clouds in the sky, they're always there, right? Just picture that negative thought just as a cloud in the sky that's just floating by, right? And then you exhale. And then on that third deep breath in, you want to replace that thought with something that's more helpful or something that you find more empowering. And, you know, say these things even if you don't feel like it. Right. So even if you say like, I, I got, I had this figured out, I will handle this. Even if you don't feel like it, you still want to say it. Right. Because now your brain's going to start getting into, again, that solution mode to kind of help you to come up with the solution to whatever your problem is. Right. So I would encourage you to find like a mantra that kind of feels good to you. Like maybe just Googling it or going on Pinterest. Pinterest has a lot of great ones and just try to, you know, get into the practice of reframing those negative thoughts. Like even if you look at maybe past situations in your life that you were in, like difficult situations, just think about, you know, who did you have to become or who did you have to be to get through that situation? Are there any skills that you can apply from that situation to your present situation? Yeah. Yeah. That's powerful. That's so powerful. So this is all in the R, right? The room. Oh, that's all, that's all R. I know. I kind of talked. There was a lot of there. R's. No, reframe <laughs> and we've got like multiple R's within the R. Yeah. Uh, it's so yeah. powerful. I love that bringing the mantra in with the breath. I really love that, that three breath. I mean, this is something even like I know and I forget to practice, right? Like the yeah. moments when I'm just in it and I'm like, wait a second. I right. could just take three breaths and it totally shifts my energetic and emotional yeah. space. But remembering yeah. to do that, I, I often, you know, I'll need to have sticky notes on my computer or like <laughs> reminders, right, to, to snap me out of it. Because sometimes we just get so in it. 
Um, but I really, yeah, I really, really love that, um, that technique. And the, I can see how the more you practice that, the more you're training your brain to do that quicker, right? I've noticed yeah. in my journey as well with all the mindset work I've done that, you know, I can catch myself quicker in those negative tornadoes and like, and shift out of it quicker, right? Than, than spending, it. you know, a whole week ruminating on something. And now it's just, you know, maybe an hour or maybe a half an hour, right? And then you can get out right. of it, um, which is, which is really beautiful, like building that muscle in a way. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So what's the next one? What's I? So I is for inflammation. Okay. And this is an important one. They're all important, but this is an important one because stress is the cause of all inflammatory response in our bodies. Right? So, you know, inflammation is not always a bad thing, right? So let's say for example, you sprain your ankle, right? That places physical stress on the body. Um, when you have a runny nose and a cough, those are symptoms of inflammation when you get a cold. But what we have to understand is when it comes to chronic inflammation, that's the one we need to be more mindful of because inflammation is a risk factor for over like 30 different medical illnesses, including things like, you know, cancer, diabetes, dementia, and even depression now as well. Okay. So there's two types of inflammation. Acute is the one that I just, you know, mentioned before, like, you know, the runny nose or the cough or like, you know, when you get like a splinter in your finger and your finger gets swollen, right? That's just your body's natural response, right? But chronic inflammation, again, it, that's the one we want to be more mindful of because that's your body's really confused and damaging immune response to a variety of different things, but you know, mainly poor diet and exercise, right? So the one I'm going to focus on here is, you know, of course, poor diet and, ex and uh, stress because that's sorry, poor diet and stress. I said exercise, I think poor diet and stress. And those are the two I'm going to focus on here, right? Because one of the things that contributes a lot of inflammation to the body is the standard American diet. And that's the diet that most of us are eating these days, right? So a lot of processed foods, a lot of sugar, and very little, you know, fruits and vegetables, whole grains and healthy fats. But the thing that people need to understand is when we eat these foods that contain chemicals that are unnatural to your body, like, you know, red dye number five or whatever it might be in these processed foods, right? Your body actually sees that as an injury, so then now it creates inflammation in the body because again, inflammation is how your body tries to defend itself and tries to heal itself, right? But something that makes me, you know, very concerned as a nutritionist that, you know, we're kind of seeing, and I was, you know, kind of a victim of this as well. I don't like the word victim, but something that I kind of fell prey to as well over the pandemic is some of the foods that we're turning to, to actually help us to manage stress are actually formulated to keep you hooked and to keep you coming back for more. It's a very fascinating topic. If you want to learn all about it, you know, listen to my podcast. It's, it's called, um, but these foods are essentially called hyper palatable foods. So these are like man-made foods where, you know, there are some food companies and I don't want to say all, but there are some food companies that are scientifically engineering foods to hit what's called the bliss point in your mouth. And that makes you keep coming back for more. So sometimes if you feel like there's certain foods that you can't stop eating, it might not necessarily be your fault, right? You might be eating like some of these hyper palatable foods, right? So I don't want to say never eat those foods again, but you know, we want to try to minimize some of those foods and add in some of the good stuff, right? So adding in some of those anti-inflammatory foods like blueberries, right? You can make delicious homemade desserts with blueberries. I do that all the time, right? Um, you know, dark leafy greens, you know, turmeric, ginger and green tea. Like these are all really great sources of anti-inflammatory foods that I, I want to encourage people to add into their diet. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm so glad you mentioned that. And and a lot of this, uh, everyone listening, is stuff that, you know, obviously we've talked about, uh, you know, here and there on the podcast. We know about sugar, right? We know about processed seed oils. We know about what the industry is doing to try to hijack our taste buds and our brain and our cells, right? And um, and we do. We need to, again, this, this whole thing of really taking our power back is coming up again for me, right? It's like yes. really understanding that these foods are designed to keep us in it, right? And a lot of us have experienced that. And I, I really... I want to go actually way back to the beginning of our chat, Trudy, because I really appreciated you mentioning, right, that the struggles that you even had during the pandemic, I as well did, you know, there were periods of time where I was like, oh, I'm having more wine than I really want to be having right yeah. here, or like, okay, I'm, I'm noticing these treats sneaking in more than I want. And, you know, I think it's such a gift to, um, and I, I just really appreciate you bringing that up, because I think there's this mental health component, you know, when we get into those spaces where maybe we've gained a bit of weight or we're not eating our best. Um, you know, I always really practice stepping back and just observing and, and, you know, practicing using that as a chance to practice self-love and knowing mm. that I can navigate through this. And and when I'm ready, I will make the change out of it and, 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 you know, rebalance and get back to what feels good. And I just, I really loved hearing you say that, you know, you, you feel good in your body and you're not worried about losing the extra five or 10 pounds that might've come on. And like, I think, you know, we've become so obsessed as women, you know, with this diet industry and how we look and attaching our value and our worth to what our body looks like. And just there's so much tangled up in that. And, um, you know, I think there's this there's so much room and, and this then causing us more stress. Right. The, yes. the the rumination that we do about, oh, I was so bad yesterday. I, sh- I had a cookie and I shouldn't have. And oh, my God, I feel gross. And what's wrong with me? And just all of this type of negative self-talk you know, is the opposite of what's actually even going to help us lose the weight in the first place, right? It's like perpetuating this war that we have against our bodies and ourselves. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I I really work hard not to demonize foods. And obviously, yes, we want to limit sugar and all these, you know, highly palatable, you know, toxic food items. We shouldn't even use the word food with a lot of them, right? Like food and air quotes. Frankenfoods, yeah. (laughs) But I love, yeah, I really love that you, that you mentioned that piece around, you know, not, not having to like, never have that again, right? Or cut these out, but finding a way to relate in a different way to those foods and, and not have them be something you need every day um, and and balancing it out, right? Adding in some of the good stuff, which is often an easier trick to do, right? Adding in as opposed to taking out can sometimes be a lot easier to wrap our heads around yeah. when we're walking through things, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. And, you know, I love that you said that, Danielle, too, because it just kind of made me, you know, I don't know, it brought me back to my weight loss journey as well. And I realized like I didn't always say the nicest things to myself. I was actually pretty cruel to myself. And when I think back at some of the things I was saying to myself, like I would never in a million years say that to a friend, like let alone a stranger, you know? So even if somebody's listening to this right now and you're actively on a weight loss journey, that's okay. But you know, what's important to understand is that you're never going to reach your health goal if you're hating your body the way that it is now. You have to love yourself and love your body exactly the way that it is right now. And that was a hard lesson for me to learn, you know, even on my health journey, because when I would walk by a mirror and I would catch myself, I'd be like, ooh, look at that roll. What did that roll come from? Or, oh my God, like these jeans, like they're, gonna, they're about to pop off. Like, you know, I would just, I don't know, just say a lot of mean things, but, you know, I just really want people to understand like, even if you're on a weight loss journey, that's okay. But like, just, you know, love yourself, please, exactly how you are right now. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's so beautiful. So beautifully said. I mean, this is such a, now we're going down the self-love topic, but I, yeah. I, I totally agree. <laughs> Journey, like this is, this is important for everybody here, right? Like change. And yes, obviously, you know, getting healthy is really important. Right. And, and mm -hmm. I don't think either of us here are advocating for being an unhealthy weight and a dangerous weight. I mean, yes, you can love yourself there and still want to change, right. Yes. And still want to get healthier, to feel better, right. Yeah. And to limit your chances of disease and all these beautiful things that come from being at your natural body weight, right. um, which is beautiful, but yes, you can absolutely, you know, I think that's the missing key is that people who are in that space and anyone listening are in this such this negative tornado of, you know, shame and self-hate and, and like just being at war with ourselves. Right. And when we're, when we're in that sort of energy, nothing flows. Like our weight loss journey right. isn't going to flow, right. We're not going to actually want to internally make the, everything's going to be difficult. Everything's going to be a fight. It's going to be a fight to cook something healthy. It's going to be a fight to go out for a walk. It's going to be a fight, right. If, right. if you're not, accepting, maybe not even loving yet, but maybe just acceptance of this is where I'm at right now and it's okay. Right. And I'm working towards shifting out of this, right? Yes. For, for bettering my health and yeah. coming to really just energetically releasing kind of those claws that we have in ourselves, you know, and just mm -hmm. having a bit of relaxing, right? Like, I think, I think that's a big conversation to bringing back to stress, right? When we're in that state of fighting and hating ourselves and being negative, right? We're bringing in our, our nervous system is activated. We're stressed. We're in a stress response, mm -hmm. right? And when we do that, and actually you could probably speak better to this, right? We're holding on to weight. Our body's yes. not actually going to release weight, yes. right? So yeah. can you explain that process a little bit for anybody who doesn't know? Oh yeah. That's increased cortisol. Right. And I didn't really talk about this too much because we're talking about, you know, stress being a good thing, but you know, when we look at, you know, stress, there's at least, you know, 17 different conditions that we can link to excess stress in the body. Right. One of them is definitely belly fat. And this is because of increased levels of cortisol in the body. Right. Um, it also, um, can lead to elevated blood sugar levels as well because of those stressful hormones being released like cortisol. Right. So, it definitely, it's going to you know take you a lot longer if you are trying to lose weight and you're stressed out. It is going to take you a lot longer to lose weight. And when I used to do you know one-on-one -on -one coaching with my weight loss clients, I would ask them in their intake, like on a scale of one to ten, like where's your stress level at? And a lot of women were like at seven and above. And I was like, okay, well, this is the problem. Like we need to bring those stress levels down. Otherwise, it's just going to make it so much harder for you to lose weight. But you know, even with weight loss aside, like when you're so much when you're so stressed out. It's just going to be so much harder for you to do anything in life because you're just going to feel like you're carrying this huge weight on your shoulders. Yeah. 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 Really well said. Really well said. So this I right for inflammation, right? Yes. So this is obviously we're talking about, our, you know, nutrition. There's so many things that obviously impact inflammation in the body, but I is essentially getting this under control, right? Reducing yes. inflammation in the body. What's next? Yeah. So S is for stress busting nutrients. I think this is probably my favorite Ooh. step in the Ooh. rise system. Um, you know, we're talking about, you know, minimizing that stress that you're currently feeling and that you're currently carrying, right? And, you know, these days we often tend to treat illnesses and disease with things like prescription drugs or even risky surgeries all before we stop to consider what we're putting on our plate. Right. And although dietary recommendations have been recommended for everything from treating heart disease and diabetes and high cholesterol, food really hasn't been the recommended protocol for mental health until now. So there's lots of studies, a lot of interesting studies that are coming out, you know, talking about the effects of mental health as well as what we're putting on our plates. But there was one that was done back in 2017 called the SMILES trial. I don't know if you've heard of this one, Danielle. No. 
Okay, so it was, the, it was called the SMILES trial, and they put um, two groups of patients with severe depression into, like, two different groups, okay? So one group just received, like, social support, you know, talk therapy, whereas the other group received that social support and that talk therapy, along with being placed on a Mediterranean-style diet. So that's, you know, lots of plant-based foods, you know, fish, healthy fats, that sort of thing. And they followed these two groups. I believe it was for 12 weeks. And what they found was the group that had the social support, in addition to being on that Mediterranean diet, had a much greater reduction in their depressive symptoms than the other group who just received that talk therapy. So I don't want to say, you know, um, you know, eating these stress-busting nutrients that I'm going to talk about alone will help you to manage stress. Like maybe you might be in a situation where you need to talk to a health professional and there is no shame in doing that. And there's so many different resources available to us now to do that. So, you know, if that is you out there, I, I highly want to encourage you to talk to somebody, talk to a professional and get the help that you need. Um, but in terms of the Mediterranean diet, yeah, it's eating a lot of plant-based foods, you know, the beans, the lentils, the chickpeas, you know, lots of fruits and vegetables, you know, those healthy fats, like the avocado, the olive oil, like I'm getting hungry just talking about all these foods, <laughs> but just thinking about adding in these foods as much as you possibly can. But in terms of like the specific, you know, stress busting nutrients, you know, these are also nutrients that get depleted in your body during times of stress. And there's a few key ones, but you know, for the sake of time, I'll just talk about like one, um, which are B vitamins. Okay. B vitamins are so important because when you're stressed out, it completely burns out the B vitamins in your body, but you actually need these B vitamins to help you to cope in times of stress. Um, and vitamin B6 in particular, that one helps to manufacture the neurotransmitter serotonin that makes you feel good and makes you feel happy and helps you to, to cope with those symptoms of stress. Um, so some great sources of vitamin B6 are things like sweet potatoes, which is my favorite source, um, you know, bananas, cauliflower, garlic, cashews, um, bell peppers, spinach, so many different sources. Um, so I highly encourage people to just, you know, start adding in more of those foods into their diet. Yeah, that's great. That's so great. Uh, what other what other foods? I, I know you mentioned a couple earlier as well, like green yeah. tea, and I guess that's more like for oh, anti-inflammatory, yeah. but also that's obviously supportive yeah. with stress as well. Yeah. Well, another nutrient that gets burnt out in your body during times of stress is iron, right? And this iron is so key for so many different things in your body. Um, and iron deficiency, it really is a common worldwide problem, especially in women. Um, so definitely we want to make sure that we're, you know, getting in these iron rich foods. You know, if you're thinking about going on a supplement, make sure you talk to your doctor first, get your iron levels checked before you start taking any supplements. But if you wanted to start adding in some iron rich foods, um, again, you know, lentils are a really great source. Quinoa, spinach, broccoli, um, pumpkin seeds are really great. So pepitas, like, you know, put those on your salad, right? Um, I actually put them in my smoothies as well, right? Um, and with pepitas, yeah. actually, you're going to get another stress-busting nutrient, which is magnesium. That's another key one, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and of course, we can't forget. I know, obviously, you know, you're you're more plant-based, but we can't forget the healthy meat as well. You know, yeah. when we're adding in good iron accessible to the body, right? Anybody yes. out there who's, I know a lot of our listeners are keto or carnivore or, you know, for blood sugar reasons and, um, you know, welcoming in that meat, which is going to be really bioavailable to the body too. So yeah. there's so many, you know, variety I think is so, is so beautiful and so key, right? Especially mm -hmm. when we're, we're looking at any nutrient, right? And this is what we've lost in our culture, right? Is variety, you know, we're eating the processed foods that pretty much just are made up of, you know, salt, sugar, chemicals, you know, and then a couple other things, right? And we yeah. don't get that the color variety, the, 
the variety and types of foods that we're eating, even beans. And I've been guilty of this, you know, I'll eat, I'll just, just chickpeas. I'm like, wait, no, I need to like mix it up and have some other yes. variety too. If I'm going to be adding beans, say to my soup or whatever that I'm making. Yeah. And, um, you know, that, that variety I think is key to get all these nutrients that we need, of course. Um, and, and to make sure that our digestion is working, you know, that's a whole nother topic for another yes. day, right? To, yeah. you know, it's one thing to be getting, eating all these nutrients, but if you're not absorbing anything because your gut is damaged, right? Because you've been eating processed food for all this time, you're just throwing money down the drain, right? Um, yes. You know, and, and not absorbing. A lot of people forget that piece, especially when they look at iron, right? They're like, well, I'm mm -hmm. all I eat is red meat and I'm still iron deficient. Well, there's probably something going on there, right? Your body's right. not actually absorbing it. Right. And looking at that is important. Yeah. And you mentioned, you know, gut health, and that's a really important one. And that's actually the E in the RISE system. Ooh, okay. Um, what's the that stands for emphasis on gut health. I had to get a little bit crafty here. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, your gut is considered to be your second brain. So it really is important to feed it the right foods because when you nourish your gut, you're actually also nourishing your brain as well. And a lot of people don't really realize that, right? So the relationship between your gut and your brain is bi-directional. Um, and this is called the gut-brain axis. And this simply means that your gut and your brain talk to each other. So your gut sends messages to your brain and your brain sends messages to your gut. Um, and they do this through chemicals called neurotransmitters, right? So we talked about earlier, like serotonin, dopamine, those type of things, right? So this, you know, bi-directional relationship is one of the reasons why when we feel stressed, we can actually, you know, get an upset stomach. Like I always get an upset stomach when I'm yeah, stressed or, you know, digestive issues as well. Right. Um, because when you're stressed out, like your body starts to prioritize other functions in your body. So things like digestion starts to get impacted, right. Which leads to the upset stomach. So, you know, again, nourishing your gut is also really important for your mental health because the neurotransmitter serotonin that contributes to feelings of happiness is actually produced in the gut. Um, so you definitely want to make sure you're adding in, you know, a lot of things that's going to help to nourish your gut. And you can do that through prebiotics and probiotics. But before I even get to that, you know, we also want to maybe minimize those things that pose a threat to your gut's bacteria. You know, definitely processed foods is one thing for sure, right? Um, processed foods are really high in, you know, um, refined white sugar, things like high fructose corn syrup. Danielle, I know you know all about this stuff, yeah. you know, emulsifiers. <laughs> so you want to look for things like, you know, polysorbates, carrageenan, um, guar gum, things like that. Um, all of these are harmful to your microbiome. So emulsifiers are food additives that actually make foods more shelf stable and improve the appearance as well as the texture of food. So they're in everything from like your favorite ice cream to salad dressings, especially those creamy salad dressings, coffee creamers. Ladies, I know we love the coffee creamers, even the healthy ones, but you can find them in there as well and baked goods, right? Um, so you definitely want to, you know, kind of minimize some of those things. Um, and in terms of like how you nourish your gut, again, probiotics and prebiotics. And a lot of people get these kind of confused. And I have an analogy that I use to describe the difference between probiotics and prebiotics. Um, before I share that, probiotics are beneficial bacteria, while prebiotics are food for that bacteria. So for those of you who are old enough to remember the game Pac-Man, if you have, like, if you could just picture the Pac-Man game, right? You know, and like, let's say the little Pac-Man who's eating the, the little dots, right? Little Pac-Man, that's the probiotic, right? And then the little things that it eats, those little dots, those are the prebiotics, 
right? So that's kind of how I picture it. So picture your gut as that Pac-Man game. Little Pac-Man guy is a probiotic, and then the things that it's eating are the prebiotics. So kind of picture it like that. That's the best kind of analogy I could come up with because I was like, how do I explain gut health so people can understand this more and actually make it more fun? I um, love it. <laughs> so in terms of prebiotics, you can find them in things like, you know, asparagus. I love asparagus. Um, you know, Jerusalem artichokes, leeks, which are so undervalued. Leeks are so good. Eat those leeks, guys. Um, dandelion greens and garlic. And then probiotics, you know, again, these are some of my favorite foods like um Things like sauerkraut, you know, miso, um, kombucha, which I used to kind of swap out in place of wine, um, Greek yogurt, preferably organic if you can. Um, those are some really great sources of probiotics as well. Yeah, I love that. I actually just this year learned how to make sauerkraut and now I ferment. We've actually shifted from sauerkraut to just fermented veggies. I love chopping oh. up like beets and carrots and turnips and fermenting them. It's so easy. Look it's, at it's so funny. It's been on my to-do list for years and uh, I just learned how to do it. <laughs> it oh, takes like five minutes. I'm going to have to see if you have a video on that, Danielle. I might need to. I guess I'm going to have to make one. It's, yes, I mean, please. YouTube it, Trudy, YouTube it. There's people <laughs> who are way more adept at, at teaching that than me. Uh, but you just, you literally just make salt water and then veggies in a jar, you know, I use a mason jar and you pour, you just pour it in and you let it sit for like three to four weeks with a special lid um, on it and you've got fermented veggies. It's so All good. Right. I'm going to stop buying it, Danielle. You just stop convinced buying me. It. I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm doing, I'm taking it's like the one plunge. Of the easiest, anyone out there listening, it's one of the easiest things to do. Like even forget the sauerkraut because that you've got to smash and I mean that's fun too but you've yeah. there's a bit more like elbow grease in with sauerkraut mm -hmm. but just cut veggies um in a jar with this solution salt water solution and that's it and you just have to buy the special lid for it and it's like it you feel like a master in the kitchen you're like I just made that <laughs> it's so easy and it took me five minutes <laughs> well that's how I feel when I make kimchi and I've made kimchi myself a couple times and I, I'm probably thinking now it's probably a lot more labor intensive than actually making just like pickled veggies or it like, is you know, fermented yeah. Veggies, right? yeah 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 so much easier so there you go you can become a pro in the kitchen and and you know support yourself in in these these getting these good probiotics right naturally I love um, it. So I love it. So can you, can you sum up we, the, the rise method? And, and this yes. is really to help with, with inflammation, with stress, right? With handle, handling this, this, um, you know, this load that our body goes through when we deal with stress, right? Yes. So R is for rumination. You want to get a hold of those thoughts. Start replacing those negative thoughts with more empowering ones. And just start by taking some deep breaths right where you are when you feel stressed out. So I, again, is for, is for inflammation. We want to minimize those inflammatory foods, the sugar, the processed foods. And instead, we want to add in some foods, you know, the green tea, the, you know, dark leafy greens, blueberries, turmeric, all those wonderful anti-inflammatory foods. S is for stress-busting nutrients. Remember that when you're stressed, there's actually, you know, really key nutrients that get depleted in your body during times of stress. And start adding in those ones that get depleted, like magnesium, like those B vitamins, right? Um, and then E is for emphasis on gut health, remembering that your gut and your brain are connected. So when you nourish your gut, you are nourishing your brain. I love it. That's so good. What a, what a beautiful, you know, uh, way to kind of just approach and understand like the ways that we can support ourselves. Right. And, and like you keep saying, right, we can turn the stress into a superpower and support our bodies as we go through this. Right. And, mm -hmm. and what are, what are some of your other, do you have any other uh, favorite, you know, 
tricks or techniques or things that you use when stress is showing up in your life or even on a daily basis? Like, are there things like meditation or walking or like, what are some other things outside of even this, this rise method that you incorporate in, in as a lifestyle to, to support with stress? Yeah. You just named it like meditation. Like, you know, during the day, if I feel like really stressed out and I'm like, there's so many things going on, you know, and, and here's the thing. When we're busy, like we just tend to just keep going and keep going and keep going when really the best thing you could probably do is just pause in that moment if you can, right? So if you're in an office setting, you know, maybe it's just pausing and just, you know, I used to like book boardrooms. That's what I used to do. So if I was feeling stressed in the corporate world, I would book like a little boardroom that had like the frosted glass windows, right? I'd book it for like maybe 15, 15 to 30 minutes and I would go in there and I would just meditate. I would just sit in a chair. I would put on a guided meditation on my phone, on YouTube, pop my hair, my earphones in and I would just sit there and meditate because the easiest thing you can do when you're right in the middle of a stress response is breathe because that's when you're going to activate that parasympathetic nervous system, which is almost like just, you know, pressing, uh, pressing the brakes on your car, right? So that's what I would recommend. Like meditation is huge. And, you know, don't think you have to sit there in utter silence. Just go on YouTube and just Google or just look at guided five minute guided meditation and just start there. Okay. So that's one thing I'd recommend walking. Walking is huge. Like just going outside for a walk, five, 10 minutes, you know, maybe even on that walk, maybe you call a friend that always makes you feel uplifted or always makes you feel happy. Or maybe it's listening to something funny. Like if you're walking, you're listening to something like really funny and that's going to help to up, you know, uplift, uplift your mood. So those are some of the things that I do in the moment. Um, but I also take a lot of preventative measures like, you know, having a morning routine. And this is something that I swear by that I've been doing now, like for the past couple of years is when I used to wake up in the morning, I'm like, okay, pull my phone. All right. So let me see my Instagram notifications. Okay. What emails came in? What do I need to respond to first? No people. We got to stop doing that. Okay. Think back to the times before we had cell phones. If anybody can remember that, right? What was the first thing you were doing in the morning? Right? So we've just become so conditioned to, as soon as our eyes pop open, boom, we grab the cell phone, right? And you want to really, you we want to set your morning up for success because when you think about when you go through your day, there's always things taking from you during the day, take, 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 take. So it's really important in the morning to spend that time filling your cup. So that it could be whatever makes you feel good. It could be the five minute guided meditation that we talked about. Um, sometimes for me, it's just opening up a personal development book and maybe not even reading a whole chapter, but just reading a couple of pages and just getting a thought to help me set the intention for the day. And I am so intentional about setting my intention, you know, at the beginning of the day, because I just find when I take those, those first few moments of the day, just for me, it just makes the rest of my day flow more easily. And it's almost like putting on a bulletproof vest for stress. Yeah. I'm so glad that that came up and that you, you talked about <laughs> that because that's such a huge tool because the stress is going to happen throughout the day. Right. Yeah. And, and I've seen that too. I've even played with it. There's definitely times like this last month has been really busy for me. There's, there's been times that I've caught myself, you know, looking at my phone within the first five minutes of, of waking up. And I know, I know what that does, right? I know it never leaves me happy. There's always some sort of urgent email or you see something negative on Instagram or on the news. Right. And, it's, and it just, totally hijacks me for the rest of the day. Right. Um, so I get how tricky that is to do, but it's also really cool to experiment. Anyone out there listening who hasn't done that and is noticing some major anxiety come up, even talking about it, <laughs> that's probably a sign that you need to do this. Right. And actually the 
the massive difference that my days take. And just like you mentioned, right, when I actually spend that morning with me and not touching my phone and doing my sacred practices or getting out for my run or this morning, actually we had a sauna. So like things like this that really, you know, fuel me and connect me with me, right? Like taking that time to be like, to set my, like you said, set my intention, ground into my body and, and be with me for the day. And I, I love that is exactly what you mentioned, right? Because as we get started with the day, everything's taking from us. So yes. we need to fill our cup up first. And um, yeah, I really echo what you said. I think that that's really important when it comes to setting ourselves up to be able to handle the stress that comes, right? The work, mm-hmm. the fire you have to put out at work and all the things that come, um, you know, it can prepare you for that and, and, and help you really show up in a stronger way, you know, for those, oh, those definitely. situations. Definitely. The morning routine is, is, it's a game changer. Yeah. Yeah. And evening routine, actually. I want to mention that. And, and my morning routine and evening routine is always changing. I mean, here in Canada, we've got four very dramatic seasons and it always changes because now we're sliding into winter. I can't really want run outside at 7am because it's pitch dark and Mm -hmm. we don't live in the city. So I would definitely run into a tree. So um, <laughs> you can't do that. So things have to change, right? But the evening is it has been really important for me as well, ex- especially with stress, because mm-hmm. one of the things that would prevent me from even getting a good sleep, and obviously we know sleep is very important to help with stress too, it is. help the body recover. But I would sit there at the end of the day, just worried about the next day, right? What am I forgetting? Oh, What's on my to-do geez. list? Oh my gosh, tomorrow is such a big day. I've got all these things to do. And like I would, I would ruminate on worrying about the future. And one of the practices that I put in that made the biggest difference is at the end of every workday, I always, always, always plan my next day. I write everything down. Mm-hmm. I make sure I've, I know what I'm doing and when I'm doing it, I block off in my calendar when I'm working on what I make my to-do list. And then I can just leave that here in my office and, and go to bed. And it just helps me really shut off, you know, that, that stress response in the evening that, um, wasn't helping me sleep back in the day. <laughs> it wasn't helping yeah. And I love that. I love that you talked about that because I do that as well. Like I've gotten into the habit of like looking at my next day. So in the evening, I'm like, okay, what do I have coming up tomorrow? Just looking at everything I have on my to-do list. But I've even taken it a step further. And when I look at my to-do list for the next day, I ask myself, okay, if there's eight things on this list, Trudy, if you can only do one thing on this list, what is the one thing that you absolutely have to do? And I pick that one thing and I make sure I do that thing first. Because when you do the hardest thing first, it's like, man, now you feel like you got this confidence. You're like, all right, I slayed that. All right, what else is going on, right? And now you can, you know, you have more confidence to do all those other things on your list, right? So always look at your your to-do list as long as it is. It could be a mile long. And just say to yourself, if I can only get one thing done, what will I do? Yeah, that, thank you for mentioning. I need to get back into that practice. I used to do that, and it's so helpful, just really like clarifying and starting off on the right foot like that. Yeah. We're famous as humans, and especially as women, of overscheduling ourselves. Oh, right? yeah. I've got all these things that I want to get done. Yeah. It happens to me all the time, and I've learned how to just be like, that's okay. Yeah. I'll move this to tomorrow, right? Prioritizing is is such a huge skill, right? These, yeah. these are my priorities today, right? This one yeah. thing. We put too much pressure on ourselves. Yeah. 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 And then we're always feeling behind the eight ball. Right. And that's obviously stressful. We're like never feeling, you know, caught up. That for me was a huge source of a lot of anxiety and overwhelmed, constantly living in that space of being stressed because I was never caught up, especially Mm -hmm. when I worked at my corporate job, you know, and now I have a lot more control over that working for myself. And 
setting things up, you know, to work for me, but it's not always perfect. And, you know, having these tools, like you mentioned, right, to really help navigate that stress, I think is so, so potent and powerful and, and so grateful for you coming on today, Trudy, to, to share your wisdom. This has been so great. I can't believe we haven't talked about stress yet on the podcast. So I'm loving that you were able to come in. I mean, you're such a stress expert and we're definitely going to have to have to have you back on the show. I can tell already there's so many more conversations that we need to have. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having so me. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So where, where can everybody come and find more about you and what you're doing? And obviously come and listen to your podcast, which I was a recent guest on, which has yes, been really, were. really awesome. Yes, you were. Um, so you can find me at trudyestone.com. That's my website. I am also Trudy E. Stone on Instagram and on Facebook. And you can also find me on my podcast, The Mind Your Body Show. And hey, while you're there, why not check out Danielle's episode? Yes. <laughs> Check it out. And all the other amazing episodes that you have there, Trudy. I love your podcast. I know that you're, you're having a lot of really important conversations there. So everybody definitely go and check that out and um, reach out to Trudy. I'll make sure all the links are below the show notes here as well. Any final thoughts or any final words of wisdom that we didn't get to cover today, Trudy? Yeah. You know, have compassion for yourself, please. You know, this is also something that I, you know, learned about myself. This is something that I am continually practicing, you know, and that's the next thing. Like it's a practice. Like, you know, if you're listening to some of these things and you try some of these tactics and they don't work for you, find what does work for you. Right. And we also just, we always want to have compassion for ourselves when those things don't go right in our lives or when, you know, things don't happen, like how we thought they should happen. Maybe we're not in a place in our lives where, you know, we think we should be, we think we should be further along or another place in our lives. You're exactly where you're supposed to be and have compassion for yourself always yeah what a beautiful way to end uh, thank you for that message that really resonates with me and hopefully all of you can take that into your your day and start practicing some more compassion for ourselves and as we navigate this complicated world that we live in right i think it's such a gift to to have that compassion so Thank you, Trudy. Thank you so much again for being here. And everybody, thank you for tuning in to another episode. And we'll see you on the next one. Bye, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. If you're loving what we talked about today, please remember to subscribe, leave a review, and share this episode with someone you love. And if you're ready to dive deeper into discovering your root causes and patterns that are keeping you hooked on sugar, be sure to check out our brand new free workshop series that will help you kick emotional eating for good. Find the link to download this free series and other amazing resources in the show notes below.